I think of our human life as a like a rosebud and the petals are closed in which is our lack of awareness of ourself both spiritually and within the depths of our human experience and all the things that we've banished from our consciousness because it was too stressful to experience that at the time the spirit is already open and then having a realization of that place it's like the spirit then goes okay body mind lifetime become like me what i started to experience was like an unfurling of those petals of my humanity so that my human rose could match and mirror my spiritual rose like the lotus flower and that unfurling requires awareness like it's the awareness that creates the unfurling which means that awareness has to go into that place it has to go into the petal and the petal here representing our experience and if that experience was a very stressful distressing childhood experience that has become ingrained within our personality that's going to be a challenging experience most of the time to do that we can't find a place of enlightenment that will somehow magically give us a pass through all of that like we don't have to go there ultimately it will it will come down to us and our willingness to go into those places pure spirit is very spacious but it really needs to be brought into our humanity when we talk about non-duality and we're talking about just the witness then we're not really talking about non-duality we're talking about a duality where i am spirit and everything else is not spirit so it's dual whereas non-dual requires a deep deep level of integration and what i found in that process is that the more my consciousness descends into my humanity which means meeting all of my emotions so my my spirit my awareness is meeting my emotions in my body and coming to terms with everything that's happened in my life and dissolving all of that and working through it in a way that integrates matter and memory into consciousness and presence so they become whole that wholeness to me is what non-duality is and it never ends like there's never going to be a a point where i can go oh i am now non-dual like perfectly like i will mm. constantly be discovering more cuz the infinite has no conclusion like there will be no mm. end to this um and that means going into all the deepest darkest parts of myself too and discovering the truth of my psyche like who am i really like not only on the level of spirit but on the level of relativity personality instinct all of those things and that can open up in such incredible ways of somehow knowing yourself deeply and intimately as human across many levels of your humanity including very fragile levels wounded levels and simultaneously knowing yourself as the divine and that that doesn't that there's no confusion within that that realization that there's actually a kind of smoothness to it like a natural flow of it our awakening is one awakening we are we are being awakening to ourselves what i'm hoping will illuminate in these this series of conversations is that there's a dynamism to our paths that they change over time and they're unique to us and what i've found in myself is that things go most smoothly when i'm able to flow with and honor the uniqueness of my own path in that moment which might mean deviating from what i had believed and then life becomes more wonderful when you're able to be in that place to set ourselves free 
in a different way, not only free within our spirit, but free within our humanity, free within all the different layers of our psyche, which include many layers that have been oppressed and suppressed through the generations in our culture. Parts of us that we need to reclaim in order to live as a full human being, which is really where I believe non-duality is pointing us, towards us being a full human being. So that means being applying what you have learned, the wisdom and the realizations that you have learned in the light to the dark, so that the two can wed, they come together and you become free on all levels. You're listening to the Non-Duality Podcast. This is Nick Hyam from thewholenessofexperience.com. In this episode, Paul Dobson speaks with Jack Morrigan. Thank you for joining me once again on the podcast, Jack. Jack is one of my closest friends and we did a podcast chat about, what was it, about six to eight months ago? Yeah. So we thought, why not do a little series on integrating the darker part of ourselves on that side of things? For anyone that doesn't know you, Jack, do you want to just maybe give a brief introduction to who you are, what you're about? Yeah, thank you so much. We have this opportunity in this series to examine different parts of what it is to be human, exploring a spiritual path within non-duality and how to extend non-duality really deeply into our lives, throughout all of our lives. But a little bit about me, so I, I had nothing, like no interest in spirituality. I was an atheist until I was about 26. I'd studied medicine and psychology, and I was working as a junior researcher in psychology. I was pretty miserable, and I was using drugs and drink to cope with that misery. And I was in this phase where I was just coming out of all of that. And my mind was a bit more open than usual. And a friend of mine recommended a spiritual teacher. I had no idea what spirituality even was. I had to Google it and look up like a Wikipedia page (laughs) for what it was. (laughs) And long story short, I ended up watching a video of the spiritual teacher. I had a a profound spiritual experience, like a Ken Ken show, I think they're called in Zen or a Satori like uh, a a sudden glimpse of a realization Mm. of our true nature. A few months after that, I had a Kundalini awakening following the teachings of Ramana Maharshi. And that completely changed everything. My whole worldview shifted. And I started having unusual experiences, unusual spiritual experiences. I went through the typical stuff that you would go through that's talked about in non-duality, like the witness consciousness, unity consciousness, those types of experiences. But for me, what happened over the years of integrating my darkness was that my awakening kept descending down. So it started with this big explosion upwards, but then it started going down and down and down and down and down through my body and into the earth. And what that led to was a a profound union with Mother Earth. And some of the things that we'll be talking about in this series of uh, like the, the different directions that awakening can go. Yeah. So as you say, it's, it's what you've experienced is maybe outside of the usual things that are talked about within non-duality. But I think they're worth bringing in because I think they're very valuable because there's not only one way non-duality can flourish in my experience at least and from talking to others there's like a multitude of ways and different tastes that this can have of itself and different ways that the flowers on the tree of reality can bloom and i think um it's yeah not all just just one typical like you basically disappear into the absolute and that's the end of it and there's no self and let's call it a day there you know there's lots of different ways that this can come about and lots of different sort of qualities this brings forth so i mean one thing you and i talk about a lot is integrating the darker parts of ourselves, as i said and i thought we'd just say well to start with what does that have to do with non-duality what does integrating 
the darker parts of ourselves, doing shadow work, things like that, difficult emotions, like really dark, twisted parts of ourselves, and bring bringing those into our into our experience in a in a compassionate and accepting way. What does that have to do with non-duality? Because there's a lot of non-duality out there where it's like almost this carrot on a stick situation like all you've got to do is realize no self and then then that's it like the self is gone so the rest is irrelevant and i i get the spirit in which that is said i understand it but a lot of us carry on there's a carrying on of living you still have a life going on after that and there's a lot of we have a lot of darkness in us a lot of difficult stuff in us mm. and that does, it doesn't really help anyone with those difficulties that we have in the everyday human experience like we to say that doesn't exist is obviously ridiculous like that carries on regardless of the awakening i think in my experience at least and and so what what does that have to do with yeah the usual non-duality view of things and and how can we relate that to any listeners that might be very much set full-on set in a non-dual path mm. there they've got all the non-duality set of books they've got the full ramana mahashi collection yeah. and they're like what the hell are these guys talking about this is something totally like out there they haven't heard any of the like advisor guys talk about this what is this mm. and why is it valuable and i thought i'd just hand that over to you to say why that might be in your in your own experience yeah thank you and i think it's a really important question and if i went back a few years I'd be the person asking that question like why this isn't this doesn't interest me like I'm interested in like focusing in on enlightenment like this isn't enlightenment and so what I found in my own experience was that I was focusing on the witness consciousness initially and I had experiences there where it life was just like watching a film or a movie I felt completely still like, and it was strong and stable. And I remember watching, watching a movie with my housemate and it was 12 Years a Slave. And if you've seen that movie, you know that it's a really harrowing depiction of slavery. And I felt nothing while I was watching that. Like, I was just completely detached. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I didn't feel any emotion because I'm just the pure witness. And I remember looking at my housemate and she was crying. And I, if anything, I felt contempt for her. Like, like you know, like, oh, how, how silly of her to be in her emotions like this. And I remember having a phone call with my mum and something similar happened. I have a difficult relationship with my mum, so she normally triggers me a lot. But at oh. this time, I felt nothing. And in a sense, that was peaceful and nice. It's like, oh, I can take a break from my emotions. But I remember after I hung up the phone, I was like, something about this doesn't feel quite right. Like, uh -huh. I don't really feel human. And something's missing. And it was after that that my awakening started to descend more into my heart. And I started to actually feel again and to care about humanity again. Like, pure spirit is very spacious, but it really needs to be brought into our humanity. When we talk about non-duality, and we're talking about just the witness, then we're not really talking about non-duality. We're talking about... Mm a duality where I am spirit and everything else is not spirit. So it's dual. Whereas non-dual requires a deep, deep level of integration. And what I found in that process is that the more my consciousness descends into my humanity, which means meeting all of my emotions. So my, my spirit, my awareness is meeting my emotions in my body and coming to terms with everything that's happened in my life and dissolving all of that and working through it in a way that integrates matter and memory into consciousness and presence so they become whole 
that wholeness to me is what non-duality is and it, it never ends like there's never going to be a, a point where I can go oh I am now non-dual like perfectly like I will mm. constantly be discovering more because the infinite has no conclusion like there will be no mm. end to this um, and that means going into all the deepest darkest parts of myself too and discovering the truth of my psyche like who am I really like not only on the level of spirit but on the level of relativity personality instinct all of those things yeah who am I really like full comprehensive who am I not who am I prior to and after this life or who was I before I was born and that kind of who am I which is helpful of course it's helpful because we get very stuck in our human stuff that can be it can add a relief to know to know yourself as beyond this human life but then if you stay there like you were talking about there's a kind of dissociation there there's I feel there's a there's a meeting of that and the human life as a meeting point and bringing that fully into your human life because I mean after all you know me and Nick often talk about how you can't ever label this you can't give it descriptions so we call them humans and we don't really know what they are <laughs> but as far as my, as what we can tell as human whatever this is it's still going on and these bodies are still I still wake up and this body's here every day whatever a body is it's still here every day and I still go through all of the emotional stuff every day and to ignore that and detach from it in my mind and pretend that that's not going on that doesn't matter I'm just gonna be the witness to that at all times and then this this thing that's going on here all of these difficulties these painful emotions that I'm having that's that's just the human stuff so I don't don't worry about that that just kind of goes in the corner and like that will sort itself out I tried that for a long time like like you were talking about and it does it didn't work so I was like okay there's something there needs to be a little bit more of a finer tool used here as as that's a bit I'm clearly painting with too much of broad brush with like oh I'm just spirit and then like, there's the human which is somehow separate the human's like this kind of mistake or accident mm. that I just kind of like am caught up in for a little while yeah so I think bringing that fully into our human lives and it's a reconciliation and a meeting and an integration of everything human mm. with that that infinite aspect of ourselves the infinite beyond humanness I, it's a the meeting of the two yeah. and that's like you said that is for me as well that's that's non-duality i've realized that more and more and more mm. and that can open up in such incredible ways that are very difficult to put into words but continue to bloom like the more you go into it or, or the more i go into it and i'm sure it's the same for you and your experience of of somehow knowing yourself deeply and intimately as human across many levels of your humanity, including very fragile levels, wounded levels, and simultaneously knowing yourself as the divine. And that that doesn't, that there's no confusion within that, that realization, that there's actually a kind of smoothness to it, like a natural flow of it. And it reminds me of the, the Christian Trinity, the Holy Trinity, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like, you can be the son, the daughter, the child of the human being at the same time as being a greater, more cosmic deity and also a presence that doesn't really have any um, kind of quality to be described as those ways like you can be all three at once mm. and for me what that gives to me is like real life like th there was something about the witness that just didn't feel right like it w wasn't really enough like it like there's a striving i think to it i think there's a a fear within the witness like when it's just that because it's like i don't want to go into my body 
Like, I remember when I first started having awakening experiences, I was like, this is going to be the solution to all my problems. I just knew. Mm. And what I thought that meant was basically, I'll go into that presence and I'll never leave there and everything's going to be fine. It'll just work out. <laughs> that sounds that's so attractive, isn't it? I felt I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. <laughs> At least in these two experiences, maybe someone out there it has worked for, but not for you and me. <laughs> no. You know, and we all have our different paths. Like, I think this is a really important point to bring up. Like, I'm not trying to tell anyone what they should or shouldn't experience, or to say that if you have a strong desire to go into witness consciousness focused teachings, that you are in some way wrong. I'm not saying that we all have our own unique path and we're our own journey. What I'm hoping will illuminate in these this series of conversations is that there's a dynamism to our paths, that they change over time and they're unique to us. And what I've found in myself is that things go most smoothly when I'm able to flow with and honor the uniqueness of my own path in that moment, which might mean deviating from what I had believed. And that doesn't mean that, let's say if you're deeply in the witness that you've done something wrong by going in there, it's like, no, that that's exactly where you were meant to be at that time. And mm. maybe you're meant to stay there. Or maybe you're meant to explore something else. It's so... I find that the path is so, like, fluid. Yeah, really fluid. And, like, I think it's important what you're saying, that that's making that not wrong. Because there's no, there's no wrong way of com coming to this, is there? I think, in my experience, though, regardless of what you do, if you're on this path, you could call it a path. Often in non-duality, it's called the pathless path. But if you're on this journey you will at some point encounter like some darker parts of yourself <laughs> it's it's this thing nobody wants but it's going to happen even even like post awakening the quote unquote awakening and maybe even especially post awakening you start to encounter the darker parts of yourself i mean i'm i remember thinking that maybe this med when i started meditation maybe that should have come with a warning <laughs> that if you mm. keep doing that you're going to uncover some seriously dark shit yes <laughs> like it's things that i'd pushed down and pretended hadn't even happened and i wasn't even aware of them in my own consciousness like they weren't even aware to me like i i had been so pushed down so repressed certain parts of myself certain memories certain things that i wasn't even aware of those parts of myself mm. And the more I meditated, the more they've started to come to the surface to be like, oh, hey, I'm here, <laughs> by the way. And it's difficult and it's it's very painful. But this is what this whole conversation is about, is it doesn't have to be this horrible thing that you feel a victim of. Yeah. You can do it consciously and you can, you can go into it, you can lean into it, you can go into it head first, you can be courageous and go like, okay, this is happening, like is anyone here to help me can anyone say some wise words about this and hopefully our conversation will help say look this is something that happens we've both been through this stuff some really dark stuff for both of us mm. and it's okay it's totally normal and there are ways of approaching it that can actually be in a strange way non-painful and almost like not i wouldn't go as far as saying fun it's kind of like approached more like a, in my experience, more like a game. Like, oh, here's some, here's some really challenging stuff that's coming up. Like, can I be with this? Like, this is an expert mode of rea reality is presenting and approaching it in a very different perspective as, oh shit, I'm the victim of this horrible stuff. Why did I embark on this spiritual path and start meditating or doing whatever I'm doing? I'm now the victim of all this onslaught of misery uh, you know, it's a very different perspective. We were talking about approaching it head on and um, being with it in a in a an almost tantric way. I'd say. I think of our human life as a like a rosebud, and it, the petals are closed in, which is our lack of awareness of ourselves, both spiritually and within the depths of our human experience and all the things that we've banished from our consciousness. 
because it was too stressful to experience that at the time. So a lot of us have gone through things in childhood that were so stressful that we had to close that off. It had to be put away for another time. And when we start, in my experience, when I started to have spiritual realizations, it's like the the spirit is already open. And then having a realization of that place, it's like the spirit then goes, okay, body, mind, lifetime, become like me. Become like spirit. And then... Mm what I started to experience was like an unfurling of those petals of my humanity so that my human rose could match and mirror my spiritual rose, like the lotus flower. And that unfurling requires awareness. Like it's the awareness that creates the unfurling which means that awareness has to go into that place. It has to go into the petal, and the petal here representing our experience. And if that experience was a very stressful, distressing childhood experience that has become ingrained within our personality, that's going to be a challenging experience most of the time to do that. And often that means that we'll require support so there's a huge array of different support options that exist for helping with going into these kinds of issues. They don't necessarily have to be spiritually based. There's a lot of psychological therapies and things that are designed to do this and can be applied to this, even if your orientation is non more, more non-dual. But then there are also, of course, practitioners out there who have a non-dual focus, like Nick, who, who, who take that approach. But I see it as essential and inevitable, in my opinion, that we'll need to go into those places and that we can't stay in the witness forever. We can't find a place of enlightenment that will somehow magically give us a pass through all of that, like we don't have to go there. Ultimately, it it will come down to us and our willingness to go into those places. But you don't have to do it alone. I think that's a really important part. And in my experience, I find that there are more men drawn to non-duality than women, and that there's a tendency among men, myself included, to try and do all of this ourselves, because we're taught to be that way. When we're taught to be self-sufficient and independent, and to seek help is often seen as a weakness but we are a community. We are a community of being, and we are all one, and we can support one another because our awakening is one awakening. We are are being awakening to ourselves. So us supporting each other on a human level is that being supporting itself to awaken. Lovely, yeah. Yeah, as I always say, you know, I love talking about trees <laughs> um, as a metaphor, but it's like, you know, the different leaves on the tree, just uh, sort of helping each other grow together. It's all one thing. So it's all helping itself. Ultimately, it looks like humans, like we're very, very unique and distinct paths talking to each other. But really, it's all like you say, ultimately, it's, it's being realizing itself and awakening to itself fully. Yeah, no, I love what you're saying, man. It's it's a really, I mean, I I, I can fully understand that that want, like, because even up until recently, there's that want that's maybe there'll be a bigger enlightenment experience that that will just kind of like make all the pain just sort of disappear into white fractal light or something. It'll just it'll just shimmer away, and I'll be I'll just be chilled from then on, and I won't have to worry about anything. But what it's been more like is. Um, just kind of like incremental like well you know there's it feels like there's a, a really deep intelligence to everything and it feels like things come through at just the right time just when i can handle them 
like dark parts of myself that I hadn't been able to handle before. It's like they come through at just the right time, like incrementally in more and in, more intensities. Um, and it seems like from one perspective, it seems like things are getting worse, but actually it's, it's actually, no, you can now handle this. So it's, and you're going deep enough that you can start to see some of these parts. Yeah. So yeah, just to quickly relate this back to non-duality, I don't think it's at odds with the way me and Nick usually talk about it because the way we usually talk about things is so something's coming up in experience and it's like you could say a strong energy in experience like what does what does sadness feel like as an experience what does like anger feel like as an experience what what do these experiences feel like this is the way Nick and I usually approach mm-hmm. this and really feeling into that like these experiences and in that way, that's actually a kind of integration of, of that stuff because you're actually giving that space. You're not just giving it a space, but you're giving it attention and you're honouring it as an absolutely uh, valuable and sacred part of reality. It's not being pushed away. You're going, I see you. I'm feeling into you. You can be here. I'm just going to discover what your, your nature is and the depths of what you are. And the interesting thing is when you start to really feel into these experiences... Of these experiences that we have pushed away sadness anger shame guilt what if we ex- like feel into them deeply enough and for long enough and are willing to be courageous and feel into them in this way they often reveal themselves as something transcending what we call those emotions there as you and i've often said before it's like it's all made of gold yeah. ultimately and it's like seeing the gold that was already there mm. Uh, and that's non-duality, isn't it, though? That is non-duality. That is reality seeing, recognising itself and seeing itself as everything, even the deepest shame and guilt. Mm. It's recognising and almost, in a way, reintegrating itself, no longer pushing itself away. And that's that's really true non-duality. To me, that's like the wise witness. That was the phrase that came to my mind when you were saying that. Like, because it's the witness in action and in service like desiring like integration and knowledge and purification perhaps or something like that whereas sometimes the witness can be dry and detached where it's running from those feelings which i don't feel is wise but when the witness is is coming forward like seeking unity by through presence like being present to all that is, which includes pain, really being present to that. And then life becomes more wonderful when you're able to be in that place. Like instead of seeing other people and their issues as an inconvenience that you need to avoid and, and step back from, instead you're intentionally stepping forward because you want to meet other people with presence because you can feel the goodness of it. It's like there's a juiciness to that transformation. It's a form of alchemy. And yeah, I, I, I like the way that you described that. that. That to me is a very different form of witnessing. So I kind of more in line with Shakti, you know, feeling the Shakti and almost like a tantric approach, a very kind of like... I guess it would be called the left-hand path. It's a left hand, isn't it? Yes. Where it's kind of more just feeling into everything that's here. Like no sort of I am consciousness and this is <laughs> the world, you know. Um, it's like, you know, Peter Brown, um, as I've told you, a be- guy about before, Peter Brown, um, a teacher I absolutely love, unfortunately has passed away now. But he was, he called this radiant presence. And he was all about feeling into the radiance. Um, and I feel that's that's the same approach here. Your feet, you're just, it's approaching it head on just with feeling that it, this sacredness of it, the divinity of it, this energy, whatever it is that is occurring is divine ultimately. And approaching it in that sense is really not trying to reject it or push it away. It's seeing it for what it is it's seeing it for what it is and i love what you're saying um that interactions become different when you approach it in that way 
It's like, so you have a difficult interaction instead of being like, oh, that fucking person in Tesco bumping into me with their shopping trolley, just like, keeping your lane, idiot. <laughs> um, it becomes um, more like, wait, what is that? Like, what is that? <laughs> you know, what is that? What is this reaction to something, some innocent thing that's happened here? What is this? What is this like triggering in me? Not just why is it triggering it in me, but can I be with that triggering? Yes. Absolutely be with it and approach it as you are sacred. You deserve to be here. You, you know, you absolutely deserve to live. I'm going to be with you and try and understand you. Yeah. Um, I had that recently um, with um, this passionate romance that I'm in. And it, feeling so strongly for this person and just being like wow this person is like has all these qualities that I have been looking for for so long and feeling so much joy with that and then you know what happens in that kind of situation so often at least for me is like oh, okay well I'm not good enough for this something's gonna go wrong like they're going to lose interest in me. They'll realize who I really am and they'll run from this. But the difference now is that I'm aware enough to see that. Like, so those patterns come up and I can see them and I can meet them in the way that you're describing. And a friend of mine used the analogy of you unmask them. So you realize, oh, okay, all of this doubt, it's all fear. This is an energy that is flowing through my body. I can see that. I can meet that with presence. And I can meet that part of me like it is a frightened and wounded child. And also that that frightened and wounded child is the perfection of divinity, putting on the mask of fear. And I, oh, nice. I can meet it in the way where I can dialogue with it, talk to it, and say, like, oh, you, I see that you're afraid. I welcome you into me, where you can feel safe. And, oh, by the way, you aren't even fear. You are complete peace and love. And that part, will, my, in my experience... It's like at the end of a ghost movie where the ghost's issue has been resolved and the ghost just like dissolves and sighs. Like, ah. It's like that. Nice metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> we love our metaphors, don't we? <laughs> yeah, that, it has got that feeling to it. Yeah, that's lovely, man. That has got that feeling. Like, oh, it's been seen and it's been reconciled and it now can relax and just dissolve into the ether or whatever ghosts do mm -hmm. um uh, yeah it's it, it's a very different perspective to life i find you know when so it's like you start to um look at difficulties and it's almost like you're not encouraging them you're not going around just trying to start an argument with someone just to see what happens it's more like Things will. You don't need to actively seek these things. They they occur in your experience. Yeah, they're already the there. The darker parts of yourself. <laughs> yeah, the darker parts of yourself. This is a key thing. You don't need to go out looking for the darker parts of yourself. They will let. They will let themselves know, <laughs> be known in your experience. <laughs> they will come up absolutely, especially if you're engaging in on a spiritual path of some some kind, a spiritual journey, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It, it will let itself be known. Um, this is about when those moments occur, how do you respond? Do you respond with your usual patterns of rejection? Like, no, this is too painful. I'm pushing it away. Some kind of pain is occurring. Therefore, it shouldn't be here. You know, you're not allowed. You shouldn't be here. I should only feel joy. Um, or do you respond with, oh, hello. Who are you? This this rare creature that I I haven't seen before actually maybe I haven't ever seen this particular feeling of shame before mm. like what is what are you can I get to know you can I uh, investigate you like a very curious loving 
scientist of some kind who's just found some ancient dinosaur that's come back to life or something you know <laughs> um, it's, it's got sharp teeth it's a little bit scary but it's fascinating um and can i can i you know investigate you and see what you're about what's your story and that investigation that you're entering into there is is a non-dual process linking it back to non-duality again like non-duality like you are seamlessly whole with everything you your your integration with all things that you are seamlessly whole and that includes everything it has to include everything and it's that radical acceptance of all things as they're arising which leads to deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper states of um spiritual realization yeah that is this is the thing, isn't it? And I I had this view that this stuff was somehow separate from non-duality. This, this isn't part of the process. All I've got to do is realise the self with a capital S or realise that there's no self with a small s and the rest is taken care of. Like, I can just kind of like, you know, I don't know what my idea, my fantasy was at that point, that I'd be sitting somewhere with a cocktail while just being enlightened and, you know, people kissing my feet or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, it's innocent to think that way because you look at all the gurus and they're kind of, they seem to have that quality to them, don't they? And they all, they don't seem to ever talk about the this side of the equation. Um, because it's not spoken about, you think, oh, that's not a thing, that's something that's going wrong in my experience and I need to get rid of that because... In Buddhism, that's kind of like called a poison. So I need to, it's poisonous. I need to get rid of it. I don't want poison in me. Like, you're kidding? Yeah. But I think that's a misunderstanding of maybe what a poison they're referring to as poison. You know, it's not actually a poison. It's it's a part of your experience that you're rejecting. And it's, it's you know, it's it's turned from what seems to be a poison to something that's actually a, an elixir. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And... Th- the poison is the antidote. There's these analogies sometimes with serpents in the spiritual path, and the venom of serpents is both a poison and an antidote. Like it has medicinal yeah, qualities, nice. and it can be painful at times. But but I think when when I'm thinking about a poison, it's a part of who you are. It's a part of who you are which is waiting to be met, and it's in the meeting of it that it becomes alchemized from a poison to a medicine. And it, like that's the process that needs to take place. And talking about teachers who don't mention these things, I am under no illusion that anyone claiming to have reached some state of perfection is still a human being. Yeah, and I think it's important mention it's not to vilify these people, is it? It's important mentioning this stuff though, because it's like, okay, yeah, we are perfect. We are. We're perfect and divine, infinite beings. That is a expression of being that singular. And yet we are as humans, you know, I remember talking to Christian Sunberg about about this. He said, Yeah. I said, How do you reconcile the fact that the soul is perfect? And then like as, as you, we have all this stuff going on you know look around it's not it's not perfect um and he says well the soul is absolutely perfect it doesn't need one single thing it's absolutely whole absolutely complete absolutely perfect um what he was referring to as the soul obviously i don't know different people have different ideas of what the soul is but what he was referring to as what we are essentially is infinite and perfect yet within this context within the human context we are very imperfect at integrating that perfection within to, into this context which is not we just this is what we're doing here we're trying our best to bring that perfection into this this realm of experience this particular realm of experience where everything seems dark and dense and separate and it's, it's like a you know in in some terms you could say it's like a very low vibration or something like that it's very it's like a very difficult experience um and we're just doing our best to bring that into this but some of us you know just just can't you know it's a real struggle and we're all we're all having that struggle individually and so really you know you can be forgiven for being a human being 
Um, and still, there's no paradox here that you are human and perfect at the same time. You've got all these, you are fallible. And so then there's these gurus who are seem to embody that perfection, that soul perfection. And, and they, that's kind of all they talk about is that place. They then talk about the human stuff. And it gives this idea that oh, anything that goes on in the human realm is, is kind of like wrong. You should be in this transcendent place at all times. And it's mythical that these these perfect humans yeah. walking about, because that makes you feel even more shame and shit, and mm-hmm. like it makes you feel like you're failing, and you just feel terrible. Basically, when you compare yourself to these, this idea of these perfect humans walking about, that makes you reject your own kind of uh, darker stuff even more, and it's not a good cycle because mm-hmm. that just isn't healthy and it doesn't help anything. Um, so you need to it's good to have these people brought down to the human level and take them off these imaginary uh pedestals that you put them on and just bring them down to our level because we're all at we're all at this level we're all at the human level we're all having a human experience we're all fallible we're all just doing our best and making mistakes and fucking up and you know it's it's just how it is it's a mess but um that's it doesn't mean that you can't be with that mess yeah in in a in amazing in an amazing way you can be fully with the mess absolutely uh, and that like that that's that's so lovely because there's i think that's a, there's a crux of our dialogue here like in a way we're talking about the dark and the light like and to seek this very purified form of non-duality where you are the witness who never has to experience any pain, like the the end of suffering in a very literal sense, to my mind is this like running after the light. It's like if, and you're just chasing it like a carrot on a stick. Like I get there, everything's sorted out. And that's not to say that there aren't amazing realizations and things that go along with that and ways that you purify your life and improve things. And there's a lot of greatness that comes from that. Yet it's not the whole thing it's half of it and there's something very ordered about the light and ordered about pursuits into the light you follow this structure everything plays out it's there's a clear path but reality isn't just a clear path there's the messiness on either side of that path like woodlands And sometimes our path will actually call us to run off the path and run into the woods and get hit by branches and to howl (laughs) and to set ourselves free in a different way, not only free within our spirit, but free within our humanity, free within all the different layers of our psyche, which include many layers that have been oppressed and suppressed through the generations in our culture. Parts of us that we need to reclaim in order to live as a full human being, which is really where I believe non-duality is pointing us, towards us being a full human being. So that means being applying what you have learned, the wisdom and the realizations that you have learned in the light to the dark so that the two can wed. They come together and you become free on all levels. And that means, in a sense, falling in love with chaos. I find that the more that we become familiar with that process of there's a rhythm to it, like night and day. And Mm. instead of just trying to cling on to the daytime all the time, we gradually learn and mature in our relationship with the nighttime. Like, instead of the night feeling overwhelming and frightening and something to be escaped from, the night becomes a mysterious and wonderful place filled with stars. And there's a way of making a home there. And the more I find myself going into that, the less I fear it. 
what I've come to realize, like I used to think that there was something wrong with me basically. Like, and if only I can fix myself, then I won't have so much pain. Mm. And what I've realized over time is that that pain that I bring to myself through my own passionate and sometimes quite reckless behaviors is that the pain I'm bringing to myself is a gift. I'm bringing myself a gift every time. My own heartbrokenness from where I've thrown myself into something, it's what evolves me. It makes me so much more as a human being and it opens me to divinity. I have more divine experiences as a result. And because of that, I'm able to welcome the pain and see it as a friend more and more. And I'll still go into those places like that feel awful in a sense, but they feel like being buried in rich earth. And I'm able mm. to be in them in a way that nourishes me. And I can flow with it. And that means I have less fear of the dark, which means I can do more in my life. I can take more risks because I'm not so afraid of the consequences. I can pursue mm. my dreams, which requires risks, you know? Yeah, because if it all goes, you know, if it all, all goes wrong, it's, yeah, it doesn't go to plan, let's say, when you do take these risks. If you're fully able to be with the dark feelings, then it's never seen as a problem because you, it's like all you're going to have there are feelings. It's all only going to be dark feelings, essentially, that you're going to feel if something goes wrong. It's not, you know, it's nothing worse than that. And if you're able to be with those, then of course you're going to be more courageous because you're like, well, whatever happens, I'm totally able to be with the feeling of failure mm. and the feeling of everything being screwed up and, and all the pain associated with that because I've already been with that and I've already fully accepted those feelings and I can see them in a totally different way and how I've previously seen, seen them. So in a sense, there's no failure. <laughs> there's no failure. It's, you know, it's success without an opposite. It's like, no matter what I do, this will be inevitably nourishing in some way. So I can go out, explore, mess up, whatever. And then I can then reap the rewards of being with all the pain and suffering of the fucking up of that. You know, it like I know it sounds it sounds strange for anyone listening, but there is um there is a lot of richness there that when the feelings of messing up and um failing and the pains that are there, there's a lot of richness there that is not being tapped into and is usually just outright rejected. So you then go, no, I messed up, like um I'm gonna try something else, I'm never gonna try that again. Mm or you know you just reject it and but I've done something wrong here something's gone wrong is usually the feeling something's gone wrong this is wrong that I'm feeling this and it's because I'm being punished because I'm an idiot and I failed and I messed up mm. but if you're able to like just welcome these like you said before welcome these feelings in like a like a long lost child almost your failure has given them chance to arise into your experience it's given them a you know, it's just like you putting a little candle in the window so they can see their way home. And uh, you're welcoming welcoming them, them in, essentially. Mm. So, oh, okay, I've, oh, here's the perfect situation. This guy's gone for, you know, this through this romantic heartbreak, what he thought was going to be like the most amazing like relationship of his life. And then, but what it's brought about is these feelings of pain and um, abandonment and all of that stuff. And then, but yet he's he's there. He's opening the door to me. I can come in abandonment, come in pain, come in shame, come in fear. Like I'm here, um, and they haven't. They've been, the door's been closed to them previously. They've just been left out in the cold, essentially. And like that has such tangible impacts on our lives. Like our, uh, well, just speaking from my own experience, my ability to have relationships is just increasing, and. I think if we're very afraid of our darkness, our shadows, our pain, we're very unlikely to take risks in relationships, which can lead to isolation, us being by ourselves, 
And I feel within non-duality, there's this often like a lone wolf approach, like, okay, well, I'm here by myself. That's fine. I'll focus on becoming enlightened. That's my focus. And mm. sometimes that leads to the neglect of other parts of our lives, which if we're really honest with ourselves deep down, we want. We want relationships. We want community. We're human beings. And it's there's nothing unspiritual about desiring your own human needs and having your own needs met and knowing what those needs are because it's been so long since we paid attention to them. But actually giving ourselves that time yeah that's <laughs> blasphemer <Yeah. laughs> that is not not something that's usually talked about in spirituality in, in the non-dual sense you know desire and fear is kind of seen as the whole issue isn't it so it's like <laughs> um, that's kind of like everything that we try to get away from seemingly and so but there's a deeper level to that which i think you're saying is there's being honest with yourself i have these desires if you really want to be free of desire and fear you have to be honest that those desires are even there in the first place this is not necessarily if you can't get in a relationship or don't really want a relationship or want to be alone that's not saying to go into a relationship it's about being honest with that part of yourself that might want that you know and also there's two twofold things what you're saying is also that it's not unspiritual to be in a relationship and not be some single guy out on a mountain that's like this is this old mythical idea like it's an old idea it's not how things are it doesn't have to be that way you can you can be a buddha quote-unquote buddha in within a family like within the wife and kids uh, you know I, there's peter brown's the first example i think of he had kids he had a wife he had a little guitar sh like music shop and he was like I, you know he was really very deeply realized in, in my opinion but that's in like the messiness of the world and there's not and he saw that everything was spiritual everything everything there's nothing unspiritual um it's so to cut yourself off from being in relationship or having those desires or anything it's um because you're trying to confirm some idea of what you think spirituality is is not only doing yourself a disservice but it's also defeats the point of what non-duality is you're cutting out part of life and trying to tell it that it's not part of life mm. that it's you know you try to tell it that you don't know everything's non-duality apart what i say is non-duality but apart from this part apart from relationships apart from sex and desires and mm. stuff like that um so the first thing i would say about that is you don't have to run out there and start doing that as chasing relationships and try to have sex with people. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You can still be a lone wolf, but just embrace that part of yourself that inevitably is there that um, does have a desire for that kind of thing and get to know it and feel it and be honest that it's there. Be honest with yourself that you feel it. Don't pretend it's not there because it doesn't align to some idea that you have a spirituality just feel into it like embrace it like allow it to be there allow it to absolutely be there and it might it might say look we really want a relationship let's go and look for one or it might say thank you all i wanted was you just to acknowledge that i'm here you can carry on being a lone wolf sure yeah. like that's our thing uh, like, uh yeah yeah i i like the way you framed that and it's true like um everyone has their own their own way with this um, and I have a feeling that in these conversations you know there's a kind of magic to life synchronicity to life where the right people get drawn to the right conversations and I think for people who are really not resonant with this they will simply go past it this this conversation they'll just continue on their way and and if you're listening to this and you're thinking this is just absolutely not for me then that is absolutely fine like you yeah. honor your path you do what you need to do there might be something inside you that is is saying no you really need to commit to this 
this path and like my view is absolutely do that be in tune with yourself and follow that including if that means ignoring what i'm saying but for some people you'll be listening to this and thinking something in you is resonating and it's saying yeah no something has been missing or i have started this already and i want to go deeper into this i feel like this conversation will meet the right people at the right time Mm -hmm.